Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. Podcast time. It's Jedebaya. Episode 122, Dan. I still, whenever we uh, we mention it's in the hundreds, I'm still uh, baffled. I'm baffled that we're still around here? I'm baffled that we've done that much. Like, that's a lot of talking. And we took a good, as everybody knows, after the Sochi Olympics, four months, five months, six months off? I can't remember. I what think it we was. only took a couple. A couple of months? It seemed like a long time. That we <laughs> and then we were just off for three weeks, but uh, we were back last week. Yeah. We're uh, off for another three weeks. Oh, no. No. We have no, no we vacation have, left. We have nothing left. We've taken it all. Now we have to stay here forever. Very quickly, Canadian Wall of Fame, Penny Alexiak. Woo! Uh, gold medal, silver, two bronze. The star, the Canadian star of the Rio Olympics. Just 16 years old. Wow. Uh, what, what a... What a bright, shining face of Canadian athletics. What an inspiring human being. And uh, I was reading, they set records for the ratings in Canada. Did they? For the Olympics, yeah. While the ratings were down in the States. Which is weird. I think they'd be... I don't know why they... Well, they were down because in Canada they didn't tape delay, did they? No. They showed things as they happened. As they should. NBC... Kept everything for prime time. Well, here on the West Coast, yeah, they did. I it think, was horrible. You know, everywhere, didn't they? I don't think they don't showed it live on the East Coast either. I, 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 myself, I, I liked watching it. I liked all the events. I loved the Olympics, but I didn't like that everything felt taped. Everything was taped mm-hmm. delayed to us. I uh, didn't like that at all. I was happy. Uh, I got, I got to watch the Canadian coverage when I was back in Canada. It was, it was great to watch. But uh, I have to say, I didn't miss not being there. Didn't miss not being at the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I have to agree with you on that. I thought I would look at it and think, man, I wish we were there again. But it was actually kind of cool to just watch it on TV. You got to see everything. Love it. When you're there, you, you're always like, oh, I'm at this event, but I hear this is going on and I'm missing out. Love it's watching a- the Olympics for a couple hours a yeah, night. Yeah, the Olympics are so fun to watch. So awesome. Um, Come on, it'll be I, fun. I couldn't. I was watching badminton. Badminton. Did we? Badminton. Did we talk about this uh, last week? Nope. They, they, uh, there was a problem with the shuttlecock. These, there was uh, two teams playing. The shuttlecock was all frayed. Shuttlecocks and, would be a good name for a band. And the Dan said <laughs> cock. <laughs> and the one lady showing it to the, tool here. the ref, she's like, it's all frayed. He's like, no. Okay, give him a new shuttlecock. No, no. If the ref says it's good, it's good. Start playing. Start slapping that cock around. Dan is generally awkward. Just slap it around. <laughs> slap that shuttlecock uh, We're going to be talking a lot about music uh, this podcast. We're going to talk about the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. We're going to talk, talk, about- talk about the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be yeah. seeing them in a month. We're going to be talking about Guns N' Roses and the Tragically Hip. Yeah, we are, for sure. Uh, but we'll get that to that in a second. But first, Dan, you were at UFC 202 in Las Vegas over the weekend. Got to tell you this. Uh, when they get an NHL team, visit that arena. The T-Mobile, unreal. It's spectacular arena. It, uh, T-Mobile, you got this. <laughs> what? That's they've got that on a poster outside. You got this. T-Mobile, you got this. Uh, huge concourses, outdoor patios on all levels, bars, restaurants. Uh, uh, no lineups for anything. Great. 
No lineups for anything. Didn't have to line up for anything. Wow. Is that because no one was there? Or? No, there was people there. It was, they, they, there's enough of everything right. where you're like, okay, there's a couple people waiting for a beer there. I'll just go here. Mm-hmm. Uh. Can you get into the arena through New York, New York Casino? Uh, or do you have to go outside? Yep, you can. Through the casino? Through the casino. Amazing. New York, New York is going to get a lot of uh, action. Yeah. Big casino? I mean, big casino. Big big venue? Yes. I don't know how much it seeds. You should have looked that up. <laughs> but I uh, saw that slugfest between Diaz and McGregor. Awesome. Yeah. It, it was, was a great fight. Oh, my God. Just being there and everyone just, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Uh, the, the People just were into the fight. Skip Bayless was there. Now, were you sitting next to him? No, he was front row. I okay. was I was in the arena. Okay. You were there. So you got tickets from Fox. You, Fox says, no problem, Dan. We got you covered. And you're sitting right behind Skip Bayless. You're right behind him. 30 sections above. Okay. All right. That's I wasn't fair. in the upper deck. I was, okay. I was in the side panel. And you said that your row, though, there was no one else in your row. No, except uh, this one gentleman who was uh, next to me, and uh, he was going for Diaz, and I'm like, okay, I'm going for McGregor, and I'm like, okay, let's bet some money. He's like, I already bet my buddy. I'm like, okay, well, just gentleman's wager, just we high-five after it, I guess. And then after the and then he's like, "Hey, didn't you used to work on TSN?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, whenever uh, I went up to visit my cousins in Canada, I'd watch you guys." Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, uh-huh. I said, "We are on the TV down here." He's like, "What channel?" I'm like, uh. <laughs> "Oh, he doesn't know." He <laughs> but he lives uh, in the states. We uh, we're working on it. Oh, I see things aren't going well in LA for you. I was telling one of our writers on the show the other day. I was walking down Wilshire in Santa Monica, and I hear a guy's out on a patio, and he goes, Jay! And like in Toronto, if that happened, I'd just be like, oh, okay, someone watches the show. Hey, how you doing? But I was like, do I know that guy? So then we had to go back and return to walk by him again. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go up and ask him if he, I know him. And uh, so I walk back, and I go up to him. I'm like, do I know you? And he's like, Hi. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, so I'm the lamest, <laughs> lamest human ever. It's like, yeah. Uh, uh-huh, you watched the fight, funny. didn't you? I watched it and loved it. Loved it. And then Anthony Rumble Johnson, the old 13-second knockout of Glover Teixeira. Boom. He hit him three times. All three would have been knockouts. Man, that was awesome. We just saw, did you see Daniel Cormier here in the, I just saw him walking up the stairs. DC? Yeah, DC's here. And Cormier says he's going to fight Rumble next. Ooh, that's that'll a tough be, one. That'll be a good one. I beat him once. Um, the uh, the McGregor-Diaz, an epic battle. We had the Fighter and the Kid, very popular uh, podcast. Uh, and they were speculating that McGregor... We had them on Fox Sports Live, our TV show, and the yeah. Fox Sports Live daily podcast. Check out our daily podcast. And we were talking to them after we finished taping, and they speculated that uh, McGregor's next fight is against Mayweather. <laughs> well... Uh, Brendan did. Brendan. Brendan said that he thought that's what he should do. And he said it was closer than people realized. He says they McGregor wants a 50-50 split. <coughs> May, Mayweather wants to make more. And right. it's, that's all that's holding them apart. Come yeah. on. Yeah. But Mayweather has so much to lose, but he figures McGregor stands to make 50 to 60, if not more. Million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Brendan's uh, argument, and maybe he's made this argument on the Fighter and the Kid podcast, which is a terrific podcast everyone should subscribe to. His argument was that all the fights now at 155 that Connor would face, Eddie Alvarez, all these guys, really tough fights, like really tough fights. 
and he doesn't want to go back down. He doesn't want to fight Jose Aldo anymore. He's like, ah, eh, that's boring to me. Even though I'd really like to see that. I thought Aldo looked good last time. I don't know. It's um, Connor. I feel like you know, as much as I love that Nate Diaz fight, it was weird that he that he went right back to fight Nate Diaz. It was like, man, he just he had to prove that he could beat him, and he did. And Diaz says he's not fighting again until McGregor, because he's he made a lot of money off. That's that not happening then. Then he's never going to fight. Well, he Dana doesn't said, care. Dana says he's not going to. He's not. That's not happening right away. Diaz is going to buy a boat and just smoke weed all day. I don't know. Vape. Vape. Vape weed. Uh, so I got back from Vegas, uh, discovered I had forgot my wallet in the uh, hotel safe. Um, so I, I called the hotel, and I'm like, I think I forgot my wallet. Uh, all that was in my wallet was uh, my my work ID and also in the, the safe, $10 in chips. <laughs> <laughs> the lamest, the lamest <laughs> safe ever. Ten dollars in chips you put in the safe because I forgot them in there. Ten dollars. No, but why would you put them in? Because the safe I had a bunch of chips and I just stuffed them in my pocket. I guess I just forgot ten dollars. Oh, were you there. that kid, Dan? <laughs> wow. Yeah. High roller. Yeah. Hey, who wants to high roll? But the worst part is, so you call the guy to get. The chips and the wallet. No, I didn't know the chips. He goes, I also found $10 worth of chips. And you said, keep those chips. Those are yours. I don't think he's allowed to keep them. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did you get your wallet back? Uh, He's sending it. Wait, you still don't have it? No, he sent it in the mail. But that was Saturday. Shouldn't it be here by now? No, I didn't get back to Monday. So I called him on Monday. So it'll be there by Thursday. I don't think you're getting that wallet back. It's just my work stuff. So last week you jumped in a pool with your phone, didn't have a phone. Yeah. Then you left your wallet in Vegas, yeah. don't have a wallet. Yeah. A lot of problems. Are you okay? Eh. Eh, yeah. Not really. Are you all right? Yeah. Maybe you, sh- maybe you should go with Ben here to Thailand. It'll make all your problems go yeah, away. Yeah, Ben just got back from Thailand. How was that? Amazing. I'm happy I'm alive. Yeah. Did you forget anything there? Uh oh! I lost my phone. Ah, like Dan, right. but this is a great story. I lose my phone. Spend a whole night and day without my phone. Call everybody from well, my friend's phone. Wait, okay, it's gonna. Say. And then I go to the taxi place where I lost it the day before. He goes, "Where you been? I've been looking for you." He had my phone the whole time. Did what you, did you tip him? Yeah, two thousand baht. Ten ten dollars in chips. Fifty dollars. <laughs> Fifty yeah. bucks. That's good. Fifty yeah. bucks for him. Yeah. He asked for more. Money. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's good. When yeah. I lost my phone, uh, the guy drove it back to me in a cab. I gave him sixty. So yeah, that's yeah. Like standard, yeah. I guess. Fifty for, to seventy. 50 you're to rewarded 70. for good Samaritanism. Okay. I mean, Very good. That phone is worth three, four hundred dollars in Thailand. I mean, why not? More. It's your phone. There's so oh. much. A lot of pictures shit on it. A lot yeah. of pictures. And then Ben got back and he showed us a little video of his trip. It's just him shirtless. Yeah. Time. Why are you shirtless so much? Trying to get the ladies. Yeah, well, it was so chest, hot. Chest lettuce. I don't know. I'd the get lady the... boys. <laughs> Let me tell you about the lady boys. Come here, cutie. Let me tell you about the lady boys. You know, the if ben you're like Teller a, store. if you're a beautiful girl somewhere, guys are usually like hawking at you or whistling, right? Wait, like hawking? You're hawking. hawking. Yeah, like. <laughs> but when I hear hawking, I mean like hawking a loogie. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah, same. I think it's like hot guy. Oh, hey, there's a hot chick. <laughs> I think you just came Walk up with a term that does not exist. No, I think, I think Jay gets it. I like you. Walk <laughs> so in Thailand, lady boys just yell at you if you're like walking around, like, or they whistle, or they like click their 
feet or hands. Hey, last feet, like, or last like night's customer. How are you? <laughs> like the Wizard of Oz? Not your feet. I was careful. They're everywhere. So I was telling Rich, you have to look for the Adam's apple. That's the first thing you do. Yeah. But they wear a scarf usually. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get down to business, let me remove my scarf. And then if you can't find the Adam's apple, you look for the hands, right? Because usually the hands are right. a little bigger, knuckles. And then if you can't see the hands, you look at the feet. The legs, your legs. And if you can't see any of those things, you look at the penis. So, <laughs> so what happens if they're uh, they're wearing a scarf, mittens, and shoes? <laughs> they're dead. It's 120 degrees. <laughs> Just some Vancouver Olympic mittens. Hello. Big pair of UGG boots. We went to a show and we're sitting there, my buddy. And a ladyboy show. A ladyboy show. We're we're, we're mm-hmm. throwing a few back, which is a tourist thing to do, right? Big tourist thing. Yeah. A lot of fun things going on, and we're there, and we're like. Are we sure they're all ladyboys? Because it's really hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Like you, and they're like, yes, everyone here is a ladyboy. They tuck it in real well and have nice, you know, honkers. Nice knockers. So, and get your hand off my penis! <laughs> have they, do they take pills or are they fake breasts? They're fake. You can see all, usually with the girls, you can see like the surgery underneath or on the side. I, so they aren't taking the, to turn into a woman. They aren't taking the. No, I think they are the taking medicine. Estrogen. Yeah, yeah, estrogen, probably. I mean, some of them look like females. I'd love for Dan to go there solo and just <laughs> have a GoPro and just just Dan's adventures in Thailand with Lady Boy. Let me see your hands. It'll be fun. Show me your feet. Yeah, you got to go. You have take your scarf off. You'll have a fun time joining me here. So this is like a taped up thing. Yeah, I think they say they just yeah tuck it and tape it down. Tuck it in. Yeah, tape it up or down. Ooh. Uh, it's got to be down because yeah, they're wearing like or in it's got to be down underneath it, uh, underneath yeah. in, between. Be underneath. in between. yeah like the old silence of the lambs and back right. yeah underneath right. down down and back down, like, down and like back. duct tape and under back right. into the and left. back yep. into the left that's right <laughs> oh um also while in vegas i saw i watched a ghost for the first time <laughs> the movie ghost with yeah. patrick swayze yeah <laughs> <laughs> How didn't you lead the podcast? With <laughs> the whole podcast should just be you doing a review of Ghost. So after I counted my chips and put them in the safe, I dialed up Ghost by yourself. Of course, so, why not? Eh? So you're sitting there by yourself. I got the Ghost is on. You're like, ah, I'm, I'm good. I was sure. Get- there's a I was getting ready, happening. and then I was like. I'm kind of invested. I've never really seen this movie start to finish. And what did you think? Whoopi, what a performance. She won an Oscar for it. <laughs> did she? Yeah. Uh, no. I... Yeah, Whoopi. Yeah, and I knew I knew uh, Patrick Swayze's business partner was a bad dude the second I saw him. Yeah, I knew bad. something bad he's was bad him. news that guy. Yeah. And the guy who uh uh plays the ghost on the subway? I can't remember. Who was that? I don't know. Creepiest guy I've ever seen, but he's awesome. He's been in a bunch of movies. And and then the guy who uh, is the killer, also very creepy looking. Very, everyone was very well cast. And uh, Demi d- Moore looks like she's like 12. Yeah, she looked great in that flick. Do you see her boobs in that movie? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, nah, I don't think so. Just strip tease. Strip tease, yeah. yeah. And also that G.I. G. Joe. Do you, G. G. Her, G. do you see her boobs yep. in that? I believe so. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, so go- that's Dan's movie review. So go- <laughs> ghost, go see it now. Ghost, good flick. Did the ghost the the movie win anything? Uh, I don't think so. It was a huge box office hit. Yeah, Swayze. It was quite the, uh, quite the uh, the uh, gra- not graphics, but uh, 
the effects they used for him to jump through people. Right, and stuff. right. That's probably like state of the art. Ahead of, yeah, ahead of its time for sure. And then the clay scene. So, so Dan, on your next date, you're gonna be like, oh, I'm going to be. I'm, <laughs> molding a bowl out of my little clay thing here. Would you like to come sit in front of me? And then the lady boy will say, yes, I would. It won best original screenplay. Oh, is that 91. right? 91, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, People's cool. Choice Award, favorite dramatic favorite dramatic movie. People's Choice Award. Do they yeah. still have that? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> Probably ended after 91 when they gave it to that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, we're done. No more People's so, Choice. So while in uh, while in Vegas, yeah, uh, I missed uh, missed the tragically hip concert. I wished I was in Canada to watch their final concert. Yeah, and the beauty of all credit to the CBC here, like seriously, um, because the beauty of it was I was in Los Angeles. I'm at home. My daughter was sick, um, and uh, I was actually invited to a screening at like a like a beautiful screening room. <clears throat> I think the Bradley Schwartz, who used to be the president of MTV Canada, is now the president of Pop, whatever the Pop channel is down here. So anyway, they have a screening room at their studios in Santa Monica, and he had a bunch of Canadians there. I couldn't make that. So I'm at home, kind of like, oh, I won't get to see it. I go on YouTube. It's right there. It's streaming on YouTube. It's fantastic. The whole so they, show. Wait, they streamed it on YouTube, but they didn't keep it there because I've looked, and it's not there. Yeah, I don't know. I can't speak to that. I'm not. I'm not currently in discussions with the CBC about <laughs> legalese. But it was. It was streaming. It was live. It was commercial free. The beauty. The best part is no. We didn't need Peter Mansbridgen to talk about how important this was or whatever. So how did it just start? Show the, just show the show. They showed them coming out onto the stage. So they had to start right on time. That's it. Yeah. But they knew that, yep. and they had an Insight Productions produced it. Did a great job. They had a million cameras there. Um, got some great shots of the crowd. Some people thought, well, they went to the crowd too much. But it was great because every time they cut to a crowd shot, it would be a close-up shot of someone so emotional. And um, I, I thought it was awesome. And he started off a little shaky, but, man, toward the end, I thought he was And uh, for the Canadians listening to this podcast, a lot of Americans are talking about this too. It wasn't just a, a Canadian thing. A lot of people have asked us about this concert Well, and about the Tragically Hip in general. Well, here's the thing. Um, what other country broadcast... <laughs> A three-hour commercial-free concert on their national taxpayer-funded network, uh, commercial-free. And not only is everyone like not saying, oh, God, I can't believe they're spending our taxpayer dollars that way. They're like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is the greatest thing that we've ever done in our country. The whole country was talking about it. It was all over Twitter. And Jeremy Taggart's on the line. I know you watched it. And also, Jeremy, you got to go to a couple of those Toronto shows, those last couple of shows. I'd love to hear hey. your thoughts. How's it going, Bob? Hey, guys. Good. What's I, up? I, I didn't go to the Toronto show. Oh, I thought you did. I, no, no, I wanted to, but uh, I couldn't go to the shows. And I'm so glad that, that the CBC uh, put the show on TV. And I did see that uh, they, they, I think probably uh, for the sake of the band or maybe what they asked for, they just did it the one time. They won't be rebroadcasting re it and they won't be using it ever again, what I saw. So ah. I guess it's probably a one-and-done thing, but right. um, apparently 11.7 million Canadians tuned in uh, over the three-hour portion to watch, so a third of the country was watching that concert. It was spectacular. So, Jeremy, how was it being in Canada for that? Because we saw a lot of the photos of, of everyone watching. Kingston, you saw neighborhood watch parties where people yeah. set up screens on the side of their houses and stuff. How was it up there? 
It was amazing. Everybody uh, was like either I went to my friend's house or I went to the you know downtown to a bar. Or, you know, it seems like everybody was trying to get together to watch it, and, and uh, they had parties across the country, and Canadianity was in full effect for sure. I mean, it was probably the biggest thing uh, to get the country together since, I don't know, like the Golden Goal, you know, yeah, hockey right. team. You for know? sure. And as a ca- sure. as a Canadian musician, they're highly respected among uh, their peers, correct? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I was, I, I grew up uh, practicing drums to Tragically Hip albums, and wow. I was a huge fan in the late 80s when I started playing drums, and uh, to get to the point where, you know, OLP played shows with, with the hip, and we, 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 uh, we shared the stage with them uh, many times, and I got to know the guys. I love them. They're all beautiful people, amazing guys, the nicest guys. The fact that they have, you know, been uh, together since they were kids, and they still are, you know, the same five guys, um, it's a testament, I would say, you know, if because of the fact that they they always were together and they always did the right thing, I would say they're the best band that this country's ever created. Um, I was always blown away to to see them, and I, I've had many opportunities to to kind of just sit and talk to those guys. And OLP definitely kind of did everything uh, by the guidelines of what the Tragically Hip set out. I mean, they were the bar for us. If if they didn't do a show, we didn't do a show. If they didn't do a program, we wouldn't play on it. If, if you know what I mean, like they didn't tour too much on an album, you know, all of those things that that they did, we kind of followed suit, and it always was uh, benefited us for the for the better. And uh, it, it's it's such a sad story, uh, the fact that it, that that Gord is sick and the way that it happened, and I can't imagine how physically drained he must be, but uh, Jay, you mentioned it earlier at the beginning of the show, you could see he was a little bit, um, a little, you know, a little bit, uh, tired looking and might have missed a, a couple steps, but towards the end, he was unbelievable how strong his voice was and how he was moving around. And man, the, just, the, there's no, there's no better band. And they proved it that night again. The band was so tight too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, well, and we were lucky enough and we've talked about it on this podcast last fall, uh, the hip before Gord's diagnosis and everything, um, yeah. they toured uh, their fully completely album in its entirety. They did a, a tour across Canada and then they did some some states shows. And they came here to Los Angeles. They played the Wiltern and you know, lucky for me, uh, a few people decided to go and they invited me along and I went to the show. And I, I have to say, I hadn't seen them for a long time. I hadn't seen them. In fact, the last time I saw them before that was at Maple Leaf Gardens on the Day for Night tour. And, wow. Uh, and I, so I've been so long since I'd seen them. And mm-hmm. I got to say, the thing that stuck out to me, exactly what Dan just said, is how amazing they were. You know, like Gord is a terrific lyricist and it, it just has the coolest voice. But mm-hmm. man, they were tight as a band. Like they were just yeah. like rock solid on stage. Just terrific as a band. I really enjoyed the show. And and of course, at the time, you're thinking, man, I gotta. And, and then I started to do that. You know, you're like, man, I haven't listened to the hip for so long. And of course, so the next two weeks in my car, you know, I'm constantly listening to the band and just the yeah. amount. And then I'm going through last night. I'm going through their Wikipedia, and I'm looking. They had like twelve albums. They put out an album every couple of years. Uh, they work with producers like you did, Jeremy, with Bob Rock on a few yep. tracks. And then recently, their new album, they worked with Kevin Drew from Broken Social Scene. I love the yep. fact that they were so 
uh, in tune to trying to work with new people, even though, like you said, it was the same five guys and it was this core group. They obviously had the confidence and they were established enough that they weren't afraid of bringing someone in from the outside and trying new things. Yeah. And, and obviously it worked for their longevity. It, it, it probably creatively was probably a great thing for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's pretty Canadian that the, they, they worked from such a democratic you know, standpoint that they did everything together. They split everything five ways and, uh, I'm sure they did, they had discussions in that realm of of democracy as well, and um, they're just such classy guys. And uh, I think one of my favorite moments, just uh, personally, was uh, we did a show with them for I think it was during that SARS scare in Toronto. There was a big ACC show, and we played with them. And during my show, I looked over and I saw Gore just kind of sitting on a road case, like in the back, just kind of watching me all night and I was like what's up with that and then I went you know went up to him afterwards and I was like how, you know what's going on he's like man I just love to watch you play drums and I just was enjoying sitting there and hanging out and by myself and enjoying that and to me that was one of the the nicest moments I can ever remember of anything because oh, Gord so cool. Gord is such an important person to me you know just not not to mention that his lyrics I think that's what got me into that band initially was just not just his persona, but just his lyrics and how he brought you in, you know. And that, when he played, uh, when they did Scared, uh, which was just after Grace 2, which is probably the most emotional moment, but when they did Scared and, uh, you know, the, the, the lyric of, of uh, you know, it's been nice doing business with you just kind of hit me right in the feels big yeah. time. And that, yeah. I didn't think I would cry, but I cried like a baby oh yeah yeah uh jeremy as a guy who's played in a band when uh when gord would go on his uh, tangents and the band stays with him do you take extra interest in that because they always they have to sit and listen to him and when they have to kick back into the song it's yeah. fascinating to watch it's amazing yeah because that's like that's their that's their moment of improv including the band as well as gord because usually gord's off on a tangent and the band are all jamming too you know robbie's playing a solo usually and everybody's kind of just holding it down and like you said yeah i mean just following gord's lead and that was one of the 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 subtle nuances that was amazing about the tragically hip and still is for from for this moment forward and is just the fact that they do have a lot of of that improv element and the other thing i want to say is uh rob robbie baker tweeted um, they didn't say anything about a last show. So, right, right. you know, whoever knows whatever happens and hopefully a miracle will, will take place and Gord will, you know, be, uh, healthy again. I mean, it happened to Robbie, uh, Ronnie Hawkins. I mean, he had pancreatic yeah. cancer and was at death's door and all of a sudden a miracle occurred and he, he was back with us. So I'm hoping something like that might happen and, and they'll be touring again, but, uh, it's just, the, the the weight of this whole thing has just been so intense and, and uh everybody everybody getting together in the whole country just to to embrace in a in a way for this band. It kind of it, it's it's helped the country in a way. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Even having the you know, Justin Trudeau there kind of made made him less annoying to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. I mean Be who, because what, he I, seemed so genuine. You know? right. He actually was a fan and you could see him like he wasn't just trying to be the poser. 
It was legitimate. He like, had a con- the prime minister had a concert T-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. And 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 the, and the Canadian tuxedo with the jeans. Yes, jacket. that's right. <laughs> By the way, uh, Jeremy, I saw Ronnie Hawkins when I was back in Canada. He looks like a million bucks. He, he was yeah. just having dinner at uh, a golf course that I was playing at. He he looks the best I've ever seen him look. If you ever have a chance to talk to him, do it because the stories like he was on when I had a, a podcast way back in the inception of what a podcast was. I had a, a, a Taggart's Take podcast, and I actually had him on the show, and he went into this whole thing talking about the Beatles and the band, and because you know he found the band and he picked those guys out, and they they were that was they were they were band. it was like Ronnie and the Hawks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were the Hawks, and and. Uh, he told these stories of like you know John Lennon and hanging out with the Beatles and actually the the, the first uh, the 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 voice you hear at the beginning of every Taggart and Torrens is Ronnie Hawkins that that this go there and something went on there that's that's Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> you know I was thinking too about the hip Jeremy like you know you talked about getting to know the guys over the years that's another thing about that band you think of all these huge bands all over the world you yep. know U2 Springsteen and the E Street Band yep. they've all done a million interviews i just read an interview with McCartney and Rolling Stone they all do interviews and through interviews you start to feel like you get to know the people a little bit more even though it yep. is you know it's a persona and, and they're putting a little bit on for you you're not truly knowing them whereas mm-hmm. the hip I gotta be honest. I don't know if I've heard an interview with any of those guys. I yeah. barely read an interview. Like, do you think it is it deliberate that they've always stayed low profile like that, or that Gord so. has? Yeah, and and there's no, there's been no press on this tour either. Right. And I I respect that so much because it's just like letting the music do the talking. And I've seen Gord in an interview, and he's he's spectacular as well. And all of those guys, conversationally, they're funny. I remember seeing. I think Matt, Matt Good said some bullshit about the hip in the 90s, and then Johnny Faye said, and I remember an article saying, if I wouldn't know that guy if I ran over him with my car. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just, just the idea, you know, whenever they did say something, it was always poignant and, and, and was, uh, but yeah, they, they, they say, you know, forget that stuff and let's just play. I yeah. saw uh, Getty Lee. I saw an interview with him. He said he's a huge hip fan. Yeah, I never sure. expected that. Well, he yeah. he pointed out, you know, their their musicianship and Gord's lyrics. Like he was the first, not the first, but he was one of those guys who wrote about Canada in a way that, you know, it wasn't cool to write about Canada for whatever yeah. reason. This is the yeah. stuff that you always talk about, Jeremy, like like celebrating our Canadianity and yeah, and, and, absolutely. And for whatever reason, it was just difficult. I think maybe bands. You would obviously speak to this better than I would, Jeremy. But I think maybe bands were afraid to write about Canada because they were afraid that that would keep them from being successful outside of Canada. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There was that kind of stigma that's attached, and I, I didn't share that. I know, you know, in my band. I I was always adamant about being proud of our country, but there was an element of, you know, you know, you got to play to America and you don't want to sing about Canada because then, because it was even back then there was a stigma with press in America saying, oh, well, the tragically hip, we don't get that. That's Canadian. We don't understand their music because it's Canadian. And, and uh, to me, uh, it, it might, you might get, kicked in the in the ass a little bit but at the end of the day look how important that band is to this country because they're like that because Mm -hmm. they're oh they're fine with you know using 
the back of a hockey card to, to write a great song. And they write a song about f***ing Bob Cajun. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? That's your neck of the woods. That's Bob, right. <laughs> oh, I've played hockey in Bob Cajun. <laughs> so I, I, I went up to Lake Shemong, and I didn't see you, Bob. I missed you. <laughs> when I was in Peterborough a few a month ago or so, we, we almost crossed paths, and then... Uh, Hopefully we'll get it. We'll see each other soon, though. But I boy. know we we did the old uh, get the it heck was out of and rain. Right? It was raining when yeah, you were there. Went to Peterborough, and then we drove up to Ottawa, checked out the War Museum, and all that. So we kind of did the tour of. I, I wanted. The, here's the main reason I didn't mention this on last week's podcast that we went to Ottawa. Main reason I wanted to get wild blueberries because they're all <laughs> really? they're the entire road on Highway Seven up to Ottawa from Peterborough. There's blueberry stands everywhere. Oh my god, the best thing you oh, ever wow. taste. Huh. They are nice. I know exactly what you mean, because my, my my wife Lisa's from Pembroke, and yeah, they're, they're small. Those little blueberries. They, they taste. Tasty. They taste nothing like the ones in the grocery store. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. You're correct. Correct, <laughs> 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 Um Well, listen, buddy. It was so cool to have you on the show and and to yeah. talk about this. This is thank uh, you. I, I I didn't tell you. I've have I have a migraine right now. You guys I know. are making me feel we, better. Uh, well, I, I feel I heard you had the migraine. I thought, geez, you, you shouldn't. You should just be resting. And, and I was gonna shut it down, but then I'm like, fuck that, man. I gotta talk to these guys. It's Are you in a long. dark room? I am in a dark room. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll get better. Yeah. Get. Thanks, uh, yeah. Have some water and and yep. and maybe rub one out. That'll help. You know what? Uh, I I uh, Lisa's mom has. Uh, you know she's got some health issues, so I had I dug into her uh, bag of tricks. Oh. So I think I got something to suit me right up. Oh, buddy, <laughs> yes. things are looking like up he, for you. Keith Richard, <laughs> <laughs> just dig into the bag and see what you find. I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> love okay. you, boys. Love you, buddy. See you, buddy. Take care. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the glass of water. We discussed this last week. Whenever someone gets injured. Or it doesn't matter if it's at work or someone falls in. People are like, get him a glass of water. That's, that seems to be what like, is the water? No, anywhere. Like in a movie or or is there, there, there's a problem. Someone fainted. Get him a glass of water. Is water a magic elixir? I always wonder yeah, that. I'm you like, just throw it in their face. And no, but they're like, up. get him water. Get him some water. Why? <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I never thought about that before. Yeah, but next time someone faints, if you ever see someone faint, they'll say, get him some water. Get, a, get that <sighs> Unconscious person, some water. <laughs> they won't be able to drink it. Just put it next to their unconscious head. Splash it in their face. Uh, now, before we continue our musical journey with Engineer Jim, we got to talk about mm. Quicken Loans. Yes. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports the Jan Dan podcast. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online. Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all of this on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all of this on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. I think that my part of the script is printed twice. <laughs> yes, you just read this. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickandloans.com slash 
slash J. Just me. <laughs> Just me again. Uh, disclaimer. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. There you go. Um, thank you very much, Quicken Loans. Mr. Dan Gilbert, owner of your Cleveland Cavaliers. All right. So let's continue. Oh, the- oh. before we do, Dan, oh. our good friends at AthletesCollective.com. Rich, can you just give us a quick background here? We've uh, got some yeah. Stuff. Pre- their president, Adam, reached out and said that he's a big fan of you guys and wanted to outfit you with some of their gear. So they got some... They're a Canadian startup. They got some cool athletic gear, so they wanted to give a shout out to the pod. Thanks, Adam, and thank you for to everybody at Athletes Collective. Very cool. I'm going to be wearing these when I do my yoga. Nice. That's a nice mental image. <laughs> so uh, thank, <laughs> don't thanks, uh, don't Adam. strain yourself too hard. I really shouldn't. Okay, let's get to, yeah. to Engineer Jim. This is exciting. Last week, Jim, uh, we found out you're going to uh, the Guns N' Roses played two shows at Dodger Stadium. You went to the first show yeah. with the family. You brought the family. Yeah, yeah, and, I brought my family. And yeah. we saw Jim the day after the concert, and he came into our dark studio. and uh, You were wearing sunglasses inside. <laughs> you, yes. You, uh, you'd seen better days. Uh, I did. I have seen much better <laughs> days, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, had a good was, time. That's I, what I it is. You had an amazing time. time. Lead us through because you went time. backstage, everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, we 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 got there and uh, picked up all the passes and all the good stuff. Went backstage and uh, saw my buddy McBob, uh, who is Duff's bass tech, and uh, he managed to uh, sort of take my kids and and my wife and everybody and all of us and kind of give them a little bit of a grand tour around Now, have they been backstage at a concert like that before? Uh, Yeah, they have, but, n- you know, not at a gun show, yeah, which completely is... completely different. Completely different. And, you know, I mean, it, it's a pretty awesome show. If you guys haven't seen them and, and you know, they're really... Um, I saw the, photos of it, and it was like... A massive production. It's a massive production, and uh, uh, you know, lots of pyro. They have fireworks, all you know, all sorts of stuff. So um, the enormity of the setup of that, and you know, okay, you know, when they have all that stuff, plus all the band gear and everything else, um, you know, there's a lot of things to look out for. A lot of working parts. A lot of working parts. Yeah, and. Uh, it was pretty cool, you know. They kept, and the band was super comfortable. They all had their own sort of little world where they could just go and chill and not have to worry about uh, the circus that is L.A. You know, L.A. shows are a little bit nuts. Yeah, and um, uh, so so it was a lot of fun, and and it was great for my kids to get to see and experience that. Like I said, they've. They've been back show it backstage at shows before, but not a, a huge stadium production. Who, who's like wandering that. down back there? Like John Stamos. Uh, Stamos uh, is there. Uh, Danny Pintaro from Who's the Boss. Well, uh, one of the cool things is, uh, you know, we got there, we, we were hanging out, and right away the guys from the cult were all right there. So, so they opened for them. Yeah, right? they opened for them. So it was cool to see Billy Duffy and. And Ian, and it's funny, like uh, the singer for the cult, Ian, uh, um, at one time when, you know, Guns first hit it, uh, Duff bought, you know, a house over in Studio City in the Valley and, you know, it's kind of cool, his first little starter house and, you know, those guys going from sleeping on people's couches and, you know, 
wherever they could crash to actually having the responsibility of being a homeowner <laughs> and stuff. So he had this house, and in any event, when he decided then to sell that and, and expand into the 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 big rock star house, he kept that house, but um, uh, Ian moved in. And so Ian was staying there for a while, and then I think eventually, I think uh, he moved out and Matt Sorum was, moved in, and it was kind of like I would go over there with Duff, and it would be like, okay... Let's see what's left of my house. You know? <laughs> so, it was always something new. So it was great to see the cult guys. It was great to see them. And I'd worked with Billy Duffy on a few things with Matt Sorum but over it, the years if, and if stuff. Matt, just, and Matt Sorum was the drummer in the cult when he joined Guns of That's Bases, correct, right? yeah. yeah. If and, there's someone uh, you don't want to rent your house to, it's a it's a rock and probably roll. Probably the lead right? singer of the cult is not the fir- not <laughs> yeah. the first guy on your list. I was like, what the f- are you thinking, man? <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, you know, hey, they're they're all buddies. They were all friends, you know. So uh, the the scene backstage, so, uh, there's bars. What's going on? Yeah, back there? yeah, a uh, uh, huge tent and uh, that they had set up. And uh, a complete open bar, whatever you want, you know. And uh, lots of uh, beautiful women everywhere, of course. And um, they had all sorts of, like, cool couches and zen den areas and all sorts of places where you could go and get lost. And, uh, (laughs) you know, a lot of of tables. It was just... uh, you know, kind of like bar stools. They had, it, they made it comfortable for for all types. And this was nice. at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, at and, Dodger Stadium now where do, backstage. Where do they have the stage set up in relation to the field? Okay, like, so in relation to home plate. Uh, straight center field. They straight were center. straight out in center field, and um, and it was really cool. The sort of the um, the backstage area. I believe that was all set up in like um the players parking lot i'm pretty sure that's where a lot of that was and uh you know it's a it's a big tour there's a lot of semis a lot of a lot of trucks i couldn't believe the size of the the screens and stuff beside the stage yeah it was huge and and it was cool because they they really had it all kind of uh blocked off to kind of keep it in their own little world but they made it very comfortable for lots of friends and guests And it was cool. Like, you know, I, I you know, I didn't want to put those guys out. I know LA shows are a pain in the ass. I went ahead and I bought tickets when they went on sale. And I'm like, I'm not going to bother these guys, you know, because everybody in the world is. Right. And, uh, you know, then, you know, it was like, oh, you know, checking in along the way, you know, hey, I'll see you guys at the first show, blah, blah, blah. Then I get a call. Hey, look, you know. Let let us know what day you're coming, who's going to be there, what do you need, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. So uh, I just expected some passes. The next thing I know, they're giving us all uh, wristbands for the the pit right at the front of the stage, which is really cool. And it's crazy. I think those seats were going for like six, seven hundred dollars a ticket. And so uh, I was like, well, geez, you know, I don't know if my kids are going to be cool with everybody in the pit. And they're like, oh, it'll be fine. It's mellow. You know, (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And they're like, no, 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 no. So they they kind of escorted us out there 
and really put us right up front. We were right at the barricade, right in front, right between Slash and Axel, right against the barricade. So, cool. so it was great when the guys came out. You know, they could see us right there, and you know, Duff was waving hi to Diane, and oh, wow. Slash is flinging picks at at Jamie. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you said he he flicked a pick at your daughter, yeah. and she was like, I don't know what. So, yeah, she's what like, what's he doing? You know, and all these. <laughs> And maniacs are like diving for the pick like you know she's like what the hell was that and i'm like it's okay that he's just throwing guitar picks to you and she's like why would he do that you know <laughs> and how did they sound amazing, amazing. And, and really even right up front there it it sounded great the sound coming off stage was great and i i have to say okay so the guys are sober right and uh yeah and and that's a really good thing for them, you know. They've been sober for a long time, and uh, I've never heard them play tighter, and you know, sort of more together. Uh, Slash's tone was phenomenal, and his guitar tech Adam Day uh, had been with him from day one, and uh, sort of around the time that I was kind of getting in the Billy Bob world and then kind of coming over here at Fox. This is around, I guess it's a while now. I guess it's probably around 2000 or so, maybe a little bit later for Adam. Maybe it was 04 or something. He left and he went to work for Neil Schoen. And he was like part of Journey's family for a while. But, you know, you got to figure... He was with Slash from whatever eighty for almost twenty years, and uh, and and me too, and uh, and so um, you know, I was so happy to see him back right. on the tour. They got him hmm. back to do right. the tour. Right, he's such a huge part of. Slash's sound people you know I mean look at Slash is the guy playing the guitar uh you know he's the guy who's making it happen and p playing the notes and it's all in his hands and his technique but there's a lot that goes into the equipment that he has how it's maintained everything from how the guitars are set up and how the amps are tuned and set up everything and uh and how they're selected and and in the case of Slash a lot of times when he's going from a clean guitar to a heavy rhythm guitar to a, a lead guitar, um, he's not just um, maybe changing his volume knob on his guitar or changing the pickup he's playing. Uh, he's switching actual guitar amps. Mm -hmm. And it's there might be a pedal that a chorus pedal kicks on, but at the same time, they're switching to like, a set of marshals that are set up for clean and then he'll switch back to a set of marshals that's set up dirty and then he'll switch to a lead sound where he stomps on a pedal and it pushes the center frequency in the guitar to make it like you know the sound like throw forward to really feel when he digs in the sound really kind of leaps out of the band and uh, Adam is doing all that shit backstage. It's like he's like literally like a, um, you know, a conductor of an orchestra. And you know, there's a lot of bands at that level 
that have guys like that that are doing exactly those kind of things. So Slash is running around and he's doing all this stuff and you're like, holy shit, it sounds amazing. Well, there's a guy backstage in a little hut behind the amp sitting there fucking switching <laughs> shit all around yeah, yeah. and holy crap, you know, it's crazy, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh and and all those guys have guys like that and and Adam is the best in the world at it. I mean, I I remember back in the day uh he was getting calls from Clapton and and wow. Jimmy Page and everybody to wow. come work for him. So That's so cool. It's great to have him back and that said I don't think Slash has ever been playing better, and his tone has ever sounded better. And, and they're was, all getting along. And they're all getting along, and everybody back there was in such a great mood. You said like the so tech happy. guys were all like, they're getting along great. Yeah. Because even, even if you were talking to the band, they might say, yeah, we're getting along great, but you might be like, eh, yeah, are they? No. But if you were talking to the you, crew guy. Yeah, you could see that everybody, it was, like they were like, it's, it's working. Everybody's happy. And, yeah. So uh, it was nice. I was very happy for everybody. And uh, I will say that um, uh, for they went on <laughs> on time, and for Dodger Stadium, they have a curfew, so they had to be off by like 11. And they went on like 10 after 8, which is the early – I don't – you know, back in the day, I don't think they were awake at 10 after 8. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing to see them come out. And I think it caught a lot of people off guard for that first show. People probably thought they were going to go on at 9 or right. 9.30 or whatever. And so there was still a lot of people that weren't even there yet, like, you know, out in the parking lot going, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. But they played for close to three hours. Wow. And... uh I think it was like 26 songs. They did a lot of stuff. What do they open with? Uh, it's so uh, easy. It's so easy. Yeah. yeah. And then they went into Brownstone. And, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. That's what they, they opened at at Coachella. It's and they so played easy. Coma. They played, you know, of course, November Rain, but they played uh, Estranged as well. Both those songs sounded great. Uh, they, they, they played a little bit of Wish You Were Here and Slash did his Godfather solo, which was great. And it was funny, I, um, I saw uh, <clears throat> the kid stays in the picture there. Oh, Robert Evans. I saw Robert Evans. He was at the show. I saw him tweet out, oh, it was great to see my buddy play my song, you know. <laughs> Wait, he was at the show? Yeah, yeah. What, was he with like two 18-year-old prostitutes? Pro pro probably more like <laughs> six or seven or something uh, like that. No, that's crazy. Yeah. That guy like that is going to a Guns N' Roses show. I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. And, uh, There's all sorts of people backstage, too. And know? Axel's banter with the crowd. Did he Did he banter at all? Um, He he did not a lot. You know, he just kept the show going. Or um, did he, I don't even know, did well, he used to talk yes, much? Yes, a lot of times uh, he would kind of stop the show and kind of go off on whatever was going on <laughs> and talk for a while. Uh, this, they just kept the show going. Yeah. And, and you know, of course, he had a lot of T-shirt changes and hat changes and he, wardrobe. Like when, at Coachella, I think I talked about this, because he was confined to that Dave Grohl chair because he had broken yeah. his leg, but he still did like 10 costume changes. Yeah. He's sitting down. I'm Amazing. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he he did, uh, and, and it's funny, his guy is McBob's brother, Tom. So the, the two Mayhew brothers were 
take have been and they've been with those guys forever. In any event, uh, it was funny because uh, even he was having a great time with with Tom. Like you know, he, you know, he has his mic stand and he flings it, and Denton goes dancing around and stuff like that. And Tom will run out, and grab the stand, and set it back up. And a, lo- a bunch of times, Axel would kind of like try to get in his way and not let him get to it or fuck with him. You know, it was a lot of fun. You could see those guys were actually loose and having a good time. That's awesome. And uh, uh, I I have to say that uh, for the close to three hours they played, I don't think Slash left the stage once. Wow. He played the whole time. And like even Duff, you know, when he was Slash was doing his couple guitar solos, he went off and changed his T-shirt or whatever, you know. Uh, at one point, everybody was off the stage, but I don't think Slash ever left the stage. I think he played the whole time. He, I don't, he never, ch- he didn't change a shirt or a T-shirt or anything. Wow. He just stayed and played. It was awesome. It was great. They were great. That's awesome. And uh, and it was fun afterwards too. Yeah, you you really were. I'd never really seen you like that the day after. <laughs> like you really, you, you should like, not have been here. Yeah, looked like you needed you sh- a nap. You should not have been. Yeah, here. I did. I did need. It. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah. the best part was that when I saw you the next day, you were saying that they were they were saying, well, why don't you come tonight? Yeah, like they wanted they, you to come well, the next yes, night. Yeah, and, and at the yeah. time when I was talking to you, you're like, well, maybe. But then, obviously, that just would have been a bad idea. Yeah. Or and, a good one. Maybe it would have and, been a good one. Well, and, and I they had like a little thing at the Hollywood Roosevelt afterwards, and I could just see that turning into like, hey, where's Jim? Oh, he's in San Diego. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why not, so, eh? Well, didn't they have a bus? You said yeah, they are trying to get you to get yeah, on the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The bus. You know, I'll Are just you getting leave. on the bus or not? Kids, you'll be fine in Dodger Stadium parking lot. Just <laughs> hang here. I think there's a game tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna we're just gonna roll out here. That's so funny. Yeah. So so it was nice. It was nice to make it a family affair and oh, all that's that cool, stuff. Man. Yeah, Great. yeah. And well, I got to see a lot of old friends and a lot of people that worked with the band over the years and all that stuff. It was good. Cool. Uh, good week for music, I'd say. What did yeah. they put on the uh, the field? Did they cover up the grass? They did. It was like this, um, uh, like tiles, the, huge yeah, tiles. Yeah, they were. They were probably uh, maybe if you cut this table in half, right? And so they were like squares like that that were probably, I don't know, maybe a foot or two feet thick that were these huge plastic tiles and they fit together almost like uh you know like like a jigsaw puzzle yeah i I, i've never seen that before it was pretty cool yeah you don't want to wreck that uh, dodger state no hey they're playing great right now (laughs) (laughs) all right um uh that was fun yeah we have a ton of uh, cult rocked yeah you're saying they were good they were good yeah asprey's voice his voice is unreal Yeah. yeah yeah He and um, Chris Cornell. I totally agree. Totally agree. And is Soundgarden done? Are they done? I don't think they're done. And the uh, best part is Temple of the Dog. That's right. Temple Temple of of the the Dog Dog is touring. They never toured. They They only did the one album as a tribute album. 
Yeah. And uh, Hunger Strike, such a good song. So Somebody told me, though, Eddie Vedder was not going to go. Yeah, I don't think he... So what I didn't realize was he was on Hunger Strike, but he wasn't really like a part of Temple of the Dog. He just happened to be in the studio when they were recording that When they that did track, that song, correct. And they said, why don't you take a couple of cracks at it? And yeah. like, wow, this sounds cool, and they sing together. But uh, I think it was like Jeff Amenter, Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam said, yeah, hopefully he shows up at a show, which it makes would, me think that he will show up. It would be cool. And, you know, I mean, St- like Steven Adler showed up the second night, you know? Right, and right. And he, he played a couple of songs, and I'm, I'm sure he was great. Yeah. I was kind of hoping to see maybe if Izzy was going to show oh, up. Oh, that would have been cool. But I... the guy the guy who's playing Izzy's stuff, Richard Fortas, is Phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player. He does a great job. The, I'm telling you, the band kicks ass. Him. If you can, if you get a chance to see him, yeah. see him. They're gonna go to South America in November. They're going to Australia, and then probably you said you Japan, know, probably yeah, and then uh, probably even you know Europe and uh, oh my god, yeah, baby. They're gonna pad the. They're gonna wallet. make us some cake. Good for yeah. them. They deserve it. Good for them. Yep, that's awesome. Well, listen, we got a ton of. Um, Emails to get to, but we'll get to them next sure. week. Sure, yeah. We'll get to them next a week. A lot of them are uh, gym related. Yeah, a lot of them are asking gym questions anyway, so we'll, so we'll get to these next week. And then, uh, yeah, but just a, a blast this podcast was. I had such a good time. Quick, Quickly, the Twitter handles, at Jay and Dan, at Engineer underscore Jim, at Taggart7, at Ben Teller, at Rich underscore Cook. Uh, send us a tweet. Tell us uh, what you thought about the podcast uh, this week. Uh, we had a really good and time. Don't, and don't forget to listen to the Fox Sports Live daily podcast yeah. uh, Monday to Friday where we put our TV show in audio form, but we have some fun uh, uh, podcasts related before and after the show. We set it up, and then we uh, wrap it up into a nice ball, and you can find Where do you find that one? On iTunes. Yeah. Anywhere you can get a podcast, yeah. you can okay. find it. Yeah. Yep. Stitcher. <laughs> Dan didn't. Believe me, when I used to say Stitcher, he thought I was making that up. No, it's a real thing. Yeah. That's, that's and what's going on with that Peach thing? Is Peach still a thing? Peach? You know the, Pe- oh, you know that the Peach, app. the social media app, Peach? It was like, it oh, lasted a week. Oh, I never even used it. It was yeah, like yeah. a day. Yeah, it was It was over very quickly. Yeah. I think it was one of the co-creators of Snapchat, or it was someone who had, cre- who had been a co-creator of some big app, and he created this Peach, and everyone was like, all right, this is the next Died. One. So Died. quick. It was over. It was. Wow, I, don't, I, don't remember, I forgot about it until you said something. All I use is Tinder. <laughs> ben, uh, the massage is good in Thailand. <laughs> Depends which one you get. But oh, yeah, really? they, were, they were great. Come here, cutie. Oh, Depends if they remove the scar. <laughs> oh, or the boots. <laughs> I'm coming, baby. <laughs> you you, you never gloves. know. You might need them to dig in. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. And on that note. Thanks for goodbye, watching. everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. So long, my time here is up.